0: Everyone, and welcome to the Grain by Train Grain Week 18 podcast, where we discuss how rail service performance is impacting the movement and export of Western Canadian grain. I'm Greg the Vice President of Corporate Affairs, and I'm joined, as always, by Milt Proyer of QGI Consulting, who manages the Ag Transport Coalition, a consortium of agriculture groups that produce data and reports on rail service and performance. Thanks for joining us today, Milt.
1: Hello, Greg. Nice to be with you again.
0: So, Milt, the Grain 18 report came out this weekend, and we saw a slight uptick for CN in order fulfillment, fulfillment, uh, which is basically the delivery of rail cars to shippers when they need them, and a slight downtick for CP. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened in Week 18 across the system and within the provinces?
1: Sure. Well, I guess there was a little bit of good news in Week 18, particularly on the CN front. Um, they did manage to improve their... Uh, order fulfillment performance for the second week in a row, but unfortunately still only got to 68%, um, which is far lower than what shippers are looking for, obviously, but better than what we've seen in recent weeks. Also somewhat positive for CN is the fact that they were able to supply um, over 5,000 cars uh, in week 18 for the sixth time in the last 10 weeks. It's a good measure of capacity Um, it's still below the levels that are required and expected but positive nonetheless. Um, CP performance as you mentioned took a slight step back in week 18 they dropped from the low 80s where they'd been for a few weeks to 79 percent but still better than CN. At a provincial level the performance uh, very much like what we've seen in recent weeks erratic if you will across provinces uh, inconsistent performance for an individual railway across different provinces and also inconsistent within an individual province across railways. For the second week in a row, Manitoba seems to have uh, been the recipient of the best overall performance out of the three. Saskatchewan saw some improvement from both CN and CP, and unfortunately, Alberta saw overall performance decline a little bit.
0: Thanks, Milton. Certainly, I think that 5,000 cars being spotted uh, for the sixth time in 10 weeks is positive not quite where the demand is from the industry but it's good to see that uh, that level of uh, capacity being supplied even if it is uh, not quite not quite where we need it to be ultimately though we're seeing the low order fulfillment numbers still and that usually means that uh, there's a, a not insignificant carryover of unfilled orders week to week uh, this has real impact on the supply chain for shippers and farmers at uh, least inefficiencies costs in the supply chain as everyone scrambles to adjust their shipments and logistics uh, that result from the railways not providing service in time. Uh, so how did demand carry over impact week 18? And going forward, do, are we going to be in a position to recover from basically the railways falling behind on shipper demand?
1: Well, week 18 looked a lot like uh, what we've been seeing for uh, a couple of months now. Um, CN and CP both continue to be plagued with this week-to-week carryover and at fairly significant numbers Um, in week 18 uh, cn and cp combined uh, managed to not fill uh, more than 2300 orders uh, for the third straight week which means that that number of orders is going to get carried over into week 19. And as we talked about before, and as you mentioned, this basically has the effect of reducing the available rail capacity for new business in subsequent weeks because the railways are always playing catch up with what they did not fulfill in prior weeks. There are some other concerns out there, frankly. Um, There are signs that the rail system is slowing down, which is not unusual for this time of year. It generally does in the winter. Uh, But perhaps slowing down a little more quickly or or to a greater extent than we might have expected, particularly this year, given the mild weather that we've had so far. We see this in a couple of ways. Uh, system traffic volumes are consistently high in recent weeks, averaging between thirteen and 14,000 loads on wheels per day. And this, uh, despite the fact that the number of orders that the railways uh, are accepting for service over the last couple of weeks has actually gone down. Furthermore, we see the count of so-called idle cars, which are loaded cars uh, that don't move on the railway network for two plus days, which is an important metric of fluidity that ATC tracks, um, has increased significantly in the last 10 days, and most notably on CN, which is where it's of the greatest concern. We're also seeing the fluidity in some of the major corridors, particularly Vancouver and Prince Rupert, um, seemingly diminishing. Uh, And we see this in in three basic ways. One, as I just mentioned, is the high number of idle cars, and they are very concentrated in these West Coast corridors. Uh, Two is an impact on rail car unloads at the port, and we have seen unloads uh, drop a little bit in the last few weeks at Vancouver and at Prince Rupert. And lastly, with the uh, buildup of vessel lineups at the ports, which has also uh, been an issue for a number of weeks now on the west coast, both at Prince Rupert and at Vancouver.
0: Yeah, thanks for that, Milton. Certainly, at this time of the year, we we often see a, quite a bit more congestion, particularly in Vancouver. And you know, from a from a pulse perspective, to my pulse hat on uh, there is has been some some larger concerns tied to the to the container side around. Whether actually the the congestion is starting to impact some of the transloaders down there in Vancouver as the as the rail yards get full and they they can't get the get the cars to to the locations they need to in Vancouver, so something we're going to watch for. Speaking of watching for, so we're heading into uh, a, the Christmas season and starting to get into the, the thick of winter. Uh, what are the things we should be watching for in these reports as we as we go forward on on essentially to to see whether this is fluidity these issues, this uh, lack of on-time delivery may, may improve or, or uh, continue to see some, some headwinds?
1: Well, a couple of things I think at a high level that will be some pretty clear indicators as we come through the holiday period and turn the calendar into the new year. First is whether or not traffic levels uh, start to even out and decline a little bit on the network. Uh, they've been very high, as I mentioned earlier. Um, part of that driven by the slowing down of the network and the increase in the number of idle cars, um, particularly on CN. And if this does not happen, um, does that result in some network congestion developing? Two, uh, are the railways able to shake this week-to-week carryover of unfulfilled orders and quote-unquote get even with demand? Um, And if so, how do they do this? Uh, Barring a slowdown at Christmas, which is not unusual, Um, the only ways really to achieve that are to realign capacity with demand by either reducing the number of orders accepted for service, also known as rationing, which we've seen lots of this year, or increasing capacity to serve the demand that's out there in the marketplace. And that frankly is not something that we've seen this year as both railways seemingly have, have hit a capacity threshold that they haven't been able to get by. So I think those are the key things to watch as we go forward through the holiday season.
0: Okay, hey, thanks a lot, and Thanks again for joining us. And for those interested in seeing the ATC reports, please go to agtransportcoalition.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later. Bye.